welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Hello there, hello, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Legal Merry-Go-Round, knowing what you do, because you've listened before, Mondays, as you know, is Marital Mondays, where I talk about things involving marriage, divorce, disillusion of the relationship, children, money involved in that process, all of those fine things. So thank you for tuning in and giving me your ear. Marital Mondays today on the Legal Merry-Go-Round is going to answer the question for you, hopefully, where can I get my divorce? Where do I divorce? Well, I'm going to give you a lot of information in two very interesting cases. But first, I want to just briefly thank the Legal Writing Launch course. It is a course about, guess what? Legal writing. You got it. Uh, I have such an intelligent audience. Thank you. Legal Writing Launch is a course that is being taught very successfully, I might add, by Professor Beverly Myers, who used to be one of many uh, privileged to get to that level of being in the California Attorney General's office. She was there for quite a while. She is now a professor in the Bay Area out in California, and she teaches this legal writing class not in connection with the law school, but privately. And she has three different levels. Um, Why do you want to take this class? Because, well, you can learn how to think and write clearly and concisely and communicate in that way. Uh, That is the basis upon all relationships. Is it not communication? This is not just for lawyers and law students and those taking the bar. This is for the everyday person who's interested in learning these skills in a much clearer and more succinct manner. And when you go to her website to sign up, legalwritinglaunch.com, make sure you put in the coupon code in the discount area, uh, the show name here, thelegalmerrygoround.com, thelegalmerrygoround, and you'll get a 10% discount. Thank you, Ms. Myers, Professor Myers, for this uh, wonderful discount for my listeners. So to get into this today, where do you get married? Um, It's, where do you get married? Well, you can get married anywhere, I guess, right? Where do you get divorced? I don't even know the name of my own show. I guess it's because today is my birthday. Yes, January 25th. Yes, send your cards and letters to me and your well wishes to thelegalmerrygoround.com. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm an old guy now. I'm not that old. But uh, maybe that's why I was confused as to what the name of the show was. Probably not just because I was thinking marriage, divorce. I used the wrong word. Blah, blah, blah. You don't want to hear me continuing on this way. You want to hear to the guts of the show. Where you get your divorces. Um, It's not unheard of for one of the spouses to move out of the state where they were living uh, as a married couple. Um, And this, of course, could lead to a very confusing question. Where do you divorce when you live in different states? So generally speaking, a divorce is filed in the county of the state 
where the defendant lives. The defendant is the one who is not filing for the divorce. However, state law might allow for an exception to file where the plaintiff lives. That is the one who is filing for the divorce uh, when the defendant lives out of state. So I'm going to get into some legal stuff here. Well, of course I am because this is a legal show. The analysis of which state to file in can be complex. <coughs> Excuse me, I didn't mean to cough in your ear. And complicated, uh, particularly when the spouses have lived in multiple states. So in order to hear a divorce action, a court must have three different things, and I'm going to explain them. Number one, it has to have what is called subject matter jurisdiction. Number two, it has to have personal jurisdiction over the parties. And number three, it has to be in what's called the proper venue. All right, so let me explain all these. First, subject matter jurisdiction. A court must have subject matter jurisdiction in order to hear a divorce matter. It is essentially the court's authority to hear particular types of cases. For example, in Georgia, only a superior court has subject matter jurisdiction to hear divorce cases. Subject matter jurisdiction cannot be waived by either spouse. So there has to be something in the law, in the state, that gives it permission to hear that type of case. As an example, in a lot of lower courts across the country, as an example, they cannot hear tax matters, tax matters involving the Internal Revenue Service. The subject matter, tax, is not within their authority to decide those types of cases, but divorce is. Divorce is a subject that these cases uh, involve where courts can hear them. Number two, personal jurisdiction. The court must have personal jurisdiction over both spouses. Now, this is the power the court has over the parties in the case. To establish this power over the spouses, they must have minimum contacts with the state in which the court is located. So the court has personal jurisdiction over the spouse that resides within that state if the spouse has been a resident of that state for the state's minimum residency requirement. And in the second half of the show, I'm going to just pick some random states and tell you how long you have to be a resident of a particular state before it can hear your divorce. Um, personal jurisdiction, okay? So if you've got some person pick a country from Australia and the spouse is living in, um, pick a state, New Mexico, and the person from Australia has never even been to the United States, much less in New Mexico, the New Mexico court probably is not going to be able to have personal jurisdiction over the spouse that lives in and has always been in Australia. And it's the same even if that Australia person was, say, from New York or Connecticut. They have to have some ability to say that that person has been here and the typical language is they've had enough minimum contacts. All right. So, um, the next part of this uh, is what is called venue. Venue uh, is the last of the three requirements. Once the subject matter and personal jurisdiction uh, have been determined, the divorce action must be filed in the proper venue of the state. Generally, 
This is the county where the defendant lives. If the case is being filed under what we call the long arm statute or the defendant waived personal jurisdiction, then generally the case will be filed in the county where the plaintiff lives. So I used another term, long arm statute. Long arm statute means that, again, we're talking about minimum contacts. One of the cases I'm going to talk about uh, is where a gentleman uh, from New Jersey came to California several times for business and the sheriff found him when he was there and gave him his papers saying you're being sued here in California. So it's called a long arm because even though he lives in New Jersey, uh, he was able to uh, be determined uh, to be in California. And so that statute gave the uh, the court the right to hear matters concerning him. Uh, again, a long arm law or a long arm statute, which provides for the court to be entitled to have personal jurisdiction over someone because they're physically there, uh, minimum contacts with the state. All right. So now that we have those three things, let's take a look at that case that I was actually talking about. A married couple who had for some years resided in New Jersey decided to separate. The wife uh, moved out to California with the couple's two children while the husband continued to reside in New Jersey. The husband, after that, went back and forth to California on business to visit his children um, and for other matters, like I said, of business. While in California, uh, sheriff found him, personally served him with process. That's the, you know, you've seen that on TV. Hello, are you Joe Smith? Yes, I am. Okay, you've been served. That's what that means. Uh, he's been served with process. That's what that is, the papers, in a divorce action filed in California by his wife. So he made an appearance in the court there in California purposely, uh, uh, for the purpose, I should say, of trying to quash the service of process or uh, call it not good service on him on the grounds that the court lacked personal jurisdiction over him because his only contacts with California were a, shoot, uh, a few short visits undertaken to conduct business and visit with his children. So on appeal, the California court affirmed the lower court's decision uh, stating that uh, they did have proper personal jurisdiction over him. The court held that California had personal jurisdiction over him uh, because the requisite minimum contacts were satisfied by his physical presence in the state, even if on unrelated matters. So due process, you've heard of that, of course, due process of law was satisfied because the notice to him, the service of process occurred while he was in California. Very, very interesting uh, setup to determine if you can be sued um, in another state where you're not living. And of course, the concept is that uh, if you're filing a divorce, you probably want to conduct the divorce hearings in the state where you live and not have to travel back to some other place where you may have lived as uh, spouses or where your spouse has now relocated. So the concept of where do you get a divorce, I'm going to give you another very interesting case 
involving a former, a, a former uh, famous tennis player, a young lady who had been number one in the world, a very upsetting life she had with a lot of different tragedy involved in personal relationships and financial affairs and divorces, but it's a lesson learned about the laws in the United States and how they govern where you can get your divorce. And then I'm going to go through a few more states and just tell you what their residency requirements are to get personal jurisdiction and subject matter jurisdiction and venue and all those good fun things. Don't go away. Uh, Don't try and solve all the world problems on this break. It's not going to be that long. I will be back. Okay. So have you been to Starbucks? Uh, I think, you know, if you're alive, the answer to that is yes. In 2016, an Illinois man sued Starbucks for misrepresenting the amount of liquid contained in its cold drinks. The man alleged that Starbucks cheated customers by adding ice to cold beverages, thereby reducing the amount of liquid contained in the cups. His lawsuit sought damages for numerous offenses, including fraud, breach of express warranty, unjust enrichment, and violations of various state consumer laws. Okay, well, first of all, I want to know, where did Starbucks ever say how much ice there was in any given drink? But that's besides the point. A federal judge, of course, dismissed the case, determining that the plaintiff had failed to prove Starbucks advertising was deceptive. The judge agreed with Starbucks' argument that a reasonable customer who orders an ice drink would expect a drink to contain both liquid and ice. The stupidity of some people? Uh, Okay, well, he didn't win. Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case or a criminal matter or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com and click on the referrals tab. Then, either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up, and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. And the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to thelegalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. We are back to this, my birthday edition of Marital Monday. Yes, today is my birthday. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I feel a heck of a lot younger. 
than uh, my age would suggest. Uh, still doing all of my workouts in the morning, keeping my weight where it should be. Uh, don't smoke, don't drink. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm a boring person. But anyway, uh, back to Marital Mondays, the Where Should I Get My Divorce show on the legal merry-go-round where uh, if I don't remind myself to tell you, I forget. But I want you always to savor the ups and avoid the downs. I didn't say that at the beginning of this show like I always do. Again, I'm just so totally thrown because it's my birthday. But the point is, you know, I, I adopted that slogan because I really mean it. I want you to enjoy your life and enjoy the good things and don't keep that negative baggage around you, that negative energy. Who needs that? Anyway, happy birthday to me. All right, I'll stop singing. It'll be a happier birthday for everybody if I do that. Talking about where to get divorced. And I want to share before I get to uh, uh, a story about this former tennis uh, great. Uh, uh, just really quickly for those of you in the military, most states consider military members who are absent from the state because of military service to remain legal residents of their home state of record during their absence. So a spouse of a military person can file a lawsuit against a military member uh, who is uh, in, in not in that state uh, because of active duty. Uh, and states also permit military personnel on active duty in that state as residents and therefore eligible to divorce there. So just uh, an aside for those in the military. So I want to talk to you about someone that I used to watch play tennis because I'm a big tennis guy. I love watching. I love playing. Uh, Arancha Sanchez Vicario. Arancha Sanchez Vicario, former number one female tennis player in the world. She won four Grand Slam singles titles and 10 more in doubles. A true a champion on the tennis courts, was at one time the world number one. And um, she had a sad life, uh, particularly after her fame. She was an early star in tennis and uh, won all those titles and then retired. Uh, and she ends up getting a couple of divorces, but one was pretty nasty. So I want to read this to you. Um, this was, uh, you know, in line with where you get your divorce. Um, the... Uh, the issue was whether it was in Spain or in Florida. So the final decision of the case, I'm going to work backwards, reversed the decision that all jurisdiction over divorce issues, except relating to parental responsibility, child support, and time sharing should be in Spain. It reversed that decision, allowing it for it to be in Florida. Now, Parents and kids lived in Florida for five years. Sanchez Vicario, again, a famous tennis player from Barcelona, Spain, signed a prenuptial and a postnuptial agreement in Spain. She said she turned over managing her finances to her husband, which he denied. The Bank of Luxembourg pursued a criminal complaint against both of them in civil cases against her in Spain for 5.2 million euros for taxes she owed, uh, payment of which the bank had advanced for her. So the husband filed for divorce in Miami-Dade County in Florida, an emergency petition to pick up the children, and a first petition for dissolution of the marriage or for divorce. 
Mom had taken them to Naples, Florida to stay with her brother. Follow along, this gets very complicated. A month later, the husband filed a second petition for dissolution of his marriage divorce in Spain, but he did not tell Spain of the pending Florida case. Six days later, he dismissed his case against his wife for divorce in Florida. Five hours later, the wife filed her petition for divorce in Miami-Dade County in Florida. The husband served the wife with a petition for divorce, which was filed in Spain. She unsuccessfully challenged Spain's jurisdiction. He moved to dismiss her Florida petition for divorce, service of which on him she had not yet accomplished. No one came out and gave him papers and saying, hey, your wife is suing you for divorce. Spanish law experts testified at a hearing on his motion to to dismiss the Florida court case. The Florida court uh, found uh, Spain first exercised jurisdiction and deferred to Spanish courts to decide all the issues except for the children's issues. The court discussed what is called the principle of priority. When courts within one place have concurrent jurisdiction over substantially similar parties and claims, the court which exercises jurisdiction first acquires the right to proceed. But priority doesn't always apply as a matter of duty between these different places. The court may, in its discretion, stay or hold up a proceeding if a case involving the same subject matter and parties uh, are pending in the court of another state or country. So after 150 docket entries, that means different filings and motions and hearings in Miami-Dade trial court, including five court orders, the husband moved to dismiss the Florida case. There are another 200 docket entries, including six court orders, between his motion to dismiss and the trial court's order granting it. The Florida trial court lost jurisdiction when the husband voluntarily dismissed his first filed case. The wife accuses him of what is called brazen forum shopping. Forum shopping, where is the best place I can prevail? Which state, which country? So while motive is irrelevant to the decision to dismiss his case, the Florida courts are unhappy with with what's called the forum shopping. They don't like that. A trial court ordinarily should, but doesn't always have to, stay proceedings, hold them up, when when, when prior proceedings involving the same issues and parties are pending before court somewhere else. But uh, special circumstances here for the Miami-Dade County judge to proceed included the party's primary residences, properties, business interests, and children in Florida. Uh, Arantxa had 14 properties before she married this guy. They signed a post-nuptial agreement to protect her premarital assets. In Spain, only the couple could be parties to the divorce. Spain couldn't rule on corporate entities allegedly holding assets of the parties. 
So Spain had no jurisdiction over assets not located there. Spain couldn't resolve issues of fraud in the marital dissolution pending there. The parties had strong ties to Florida, but significantly limited ties to Spain. By deferring all issues except for the children, issues to the court in Spain, the lower court allowed the husband to freeze out the wife from relief pertaining to their marital assets and liabilities in Florida. So as I told you at the beginning, ultimately that was reversed and the case went to Florida. Um, Miss uh, Sanchez Vicario had some other very significant problems in her life besides fighting with this dirtball husband of hers. And, um, you know, it, it was just a shame. She, uh, she had some problems with the family, accusing the father of, uh, uh, of all various things, that uh, uh, stealing her money and what have you. And she had to resolve things with the tax authorities uh, in Spain, or the, the group that lent her the money for the taxes. She eventually files a bankruptcy. This was a sensational young woman on the tennis courts, and I felt horrible for her when I learned about this case. The moral of the story, my friends, is that if you want a divorce, hopefully you can get everything worked out between you and your spouse, and you don't have to have these bickering, horribly draining, emotionally aggravating, and probably very expensive fights over what, how, who, when, why, and where. That would be my hope for you, like I said at the beginning, of this second half of the show, avoid the downs, avoid all that if you can. You're gonna have a happier life if you do. I hope also that you do find that special person and you never have to walk down the divorce aisle. Best wishes to you and uh, this is again, Marital Mondays. I hope you tune in on Wednesday. I'd love you to go to Apple and give me a review for this show. Uh, I wish you well and uh, we'll look forward to having you back uh, on Wednesday when we talk about criminal things on the Wrongdoer Wednesday edition of the Legal Merry-Go-Round. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations.